Shut up and sit down. Welcome to the Health and Wealth Podcast with your hosts, Tim and Carter. What's trending in Richards? Carter Wilcoxon, founder of CSI Financial Group here with my co-host and former wealth advisor, Tim James, founder of chemicalfreebody.com and your new health advisor. This is the show where we reveal the connection between physical and financial abundance. Hey, welcome back in Richards, Carter Wilcoxon coming to you from uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Very, very wet active, super active monsoon. In fact, my business partner, uh, Andrew Victor, shout out to him. He came in my office just the other day, uh, Tim James, and said, so since they've been keeping records, this is the second most active monsoon, the most rain we've had during the summer in the desert in Phoenix, Arizona, um, that uh, since since they started recording all those records, second most. So it's been uh, it's been a very it's been cooler, right? Like it's been in the upper 90s a lot here, which is unusual, but a lot of humidity, which I'm not really a big fan of. Uh, but anyway, as uh, as normal in Richards, I am. Uh, and thank you for joining us again for another episode. Uh, I am joined by my fantastic Mr. Chemical Free Body himself, Tim James. Tim, how are you doing out there today? I'm doing awesome, man. I was just thinking maybe you should you buy a canoe. <laughs> All that water you're getting. Uh, those you know, floods those floods happen you just jump in the rivers and have some fun well you know what's funny about that is that we were getting some because we get flash floods here obviously right and there's a bunch of memes where there were there were literally were people were going out in canoes like in parking lots and doing that so i only know yeah, the fun yeah well my son carter samuel he kept laughing in the other room in uh the other day and i'm like dude what are you laughing at he's like he goes watch this video and then he just thought that was the the funniest thing that these people are you know in the parking lots with their canoes yeah that's where it's good where you that's a good reminder to be a kid you know unless they were just trying to save themselves <laughs> that would be uh, good. I, I think it was, all, it's a, it was all I, I hung i got to hung out with a buddy of mine that him and i uh you know we've we've been friends for a long time but we just haven't had we just haven't connected in like a year and a half it's been too long finally we're like dude we got to get together and i went and hung out with him and he's uh real good friend of mine. He's in the mortgage business and he's a retired Marine. He was a state champion wrestler in the state of Texas. So he's pretty, pretty badass wrestler. And I got to go over and hang out with him. It's really cool. Cause when I go to my friend's houses now, they're my good friends. He, his name's Matt. He's really into anti-aging. Like he gets his, his cells tested and find he's 44 years old, but his, his, um, his cells say he's like 33. Right. So he's doing a lot. He's really into a lot of stuff that I'm into. So it's nice because when I go over there, he has my water system over there so I can drink the water. Yeah. And he said, because of me, he went with a saline non-toxic pool. And he's like, dude, I love it. He goes, I freaking this pool's way better. He goes, I can't even believe that I used to swim in chlorine. And I didn't realize how toxic it was. So anyway, I got to swim around in a chlorine free pool. I got to hang out in a chlorine free hot tub, drink um clean water and be at my buddy's house and his girlfriend's pretty into health. She made a pretty nice, healthy salad deal. And it was awesome. And we had him over to my other friend's house and Charles, who you know about who yeah. had the whole start of my whole story. And yep. Charles has got, you know, purified restructured water over there. So it was pretty cool. Just everywhere I go, I've got the, got the major inputs going on to stay healthy in my friend's house. So, and they're healthy because more healthy because of it too. So that's a good thing. Yeah, well, that's what we're, we're all about impact. And, uh, and uh, speaking of impact, 
I want to go ahead. I'm very excited, and Richards, to bring bring in our uh, most recent guest, Laura Holcomb of Resource Financial out in Portland, Oregon. Laura, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me on here. Appreciate it. Yeah, ab absolutely, our our pleasure. So, um, well, as is, you know, the the common theme that we normally have around here. One of the very first things that enrichers like to hear, as uh, you know, a lot of our listeners are other advisors, um, but we we like to hear the backstory, right? Like, what was it, and go back as far as you need to that that gave you that passion, that that purpose of getting into the financial services business and helping people in you know, their, uh, their, their struggles or challenges that they might be having financial for financial, you know, uh, safety and retirement and all that stuff. So share with our enrichers, what was it that, you know, led you into initially to becoming a financial advisor? Oh, okay. So I'm going to go back to probably age 18 and I had my first investment and I actually bought, you know, some precious metals held on to them for a while and then sold them, um, I think after college and had some money come out of that. And then that kind of started me on the whole investing thought process and figuring out, you know, what I should do to get where I need to go, um, contributing to my own retirement accounts and putting money aside and then sold um, our first, our first house that we had purchased and actually made some money off of it. And it's like, okay, what can I do with this? And so that is the time that I was introduced to a financial advisor, worked with her for many years, and I have a computer background, so um, data analytics and such, and I turned 40 um, many years ago okay, and realized <laughs> I probably don't want to be in this job much longer. As we get older, you guys may be able to relate, our memory gets a little bit worse, it's a little bit harder to keep up with new technologies, you know, keep yourself fresh and you had to relearn everything every once in a while. Yep. Hang on, sorry. My computer just did something weird. You're good. Okay. And so I realized I wanted to do something else. And so I chatted with my financial advisor and found out what she had done. And I thought, you know, that would be a really cool job to be at. You know, I get to help people figure out what they want to do. I've always loved talking finances you know, to people. And um, I just needed, I knew I needed to learn a little bit more about it. And that just started my um, 20 year career. It actually is 20 years this year. So I'm approaching 60. The gray hair shows it. Stuff. So, so lots of experience. I love this job. Absolutely love it. Wow. So you actually had a financial advisor and thought to yourself, yeah, I like money. Uh, I like <laughs> to figure out what I'm going to do with the money. Someone's doing something with my money maybe I can learn how to help other people with their money. Is that, that's pretty much the gist of it, huh? That is it. Exactly. Yeah. And people would talk at work about, um, at, you know, before I did this about, you know, different investments and stuff. And I was always just a little bit shy to join in and stuff. And so I figured I need to figure out what's going on and stuff. And so they were just talking about like, you know, the basic index funds. And so I can relate as, you know, a new investor of how intimidating it was. You don't want to ask people anything because you don't want to look stupid. Right. It's one of my mantras, I don't want to look stupid, but you want to know. And so you just have to, you know, kind of push yourself out of the comfort zone and say, okay, you know, what is this? Or maybe go do some reading. Back then we didn't have all the Google, you know, and all the online stuff. So more just asking others, doing a little bit of book reading and stuff. So found out um, it's something I love. Again, you know, I can talk about it all the time. 
and stuff. So it, it is my passion. Nice. That's awesome. So um, let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, whenever you were growing up, obviously you're in Portland, Oregon now. So is that where you were born and raised? Um, and, or have you been all around the country? <laughs> no, not so much. Um, so I was born in Alaska, Anchorage, and in a native Eskimo hospital. So my dad was in the public service. And so we lived there for 12 years. So the winter times for me were bundling up in my snowsuit, going out to the bus stop, and we'd have moose show up at the bus stop. You know, huge moose. And we knew enough to stay away from them. So, so that was interesting. And during um, um, breaks, recesses, we'd bundle up and we'd go out ice skating and we had a hill outside of the grade school. And so we'd go down that. And then um, in junior high, um, moved back down to the Oregon area. That's where my parents were from and their parents were needing a little bit more help. So we moved, you know, transported from Alaska down to Oregon. And then in Southern Oregon is where I'm from met my husband down there. We went to high school together. So been together forever, long time, high school sweethearts. And um, then went to school in Oregon State. So I didn't go far. And I'm the third generation Oregon Stater, which is kind of cool, kind of proud of that. And then um, my, um, so three generations went to Oregon State. And then my daughter decided to go to University of Oregon, which if you're from Oregon, you know, those are two opposites. What? So, she went to go be a duck after, after three yeah. generations of beavers? Yes. I had, I couldn't say University of Oregon. I still have to pause and say <laughs> that. And her favorite color was orange. And so all her stuff was orange. And she went to a school that just, you know, hates the orange and the black. Of course. So my money went to University of Oregon. My knowledge went Frank came from Oregon State. So and then just been in Oregon ever since then. Loving it. Absolutely love it. Wow. So uh so you met your husband, did you say in high school? Is that right? In high school, yes. Well, so like sophomore yeah. year or like your your senior year, you were you know. no, I was a freshman and he was a sophomore. Okay. All right. So um and you guys started been together, been together for a long time started dating um probably the end of that year you know and had a couple on and offs but been together most of the time and um, we didn't actually get married until after high school and after college so we dated for about eight years and we were one of the last of our friends to actually get married but we've been together um a long time wow so you said your daughter so is is that is that the only <laughs> child between the two of you no, no, we also have a son. So we have two kids. So yeah. so one of each. Um one of so, each. Uh-huh. So who's the oldest? My son. Your son is. Okay. All right. So um yeah. me, me and my wife, we have uh an older daughter and younger son. I was just wondering what would it what it was like in the Holcomb household with uh the son being older and the daughter being younger. Was there and is there a big age gap between the two of them? No, it's just 27 months, so two years. And um, I've seen other families that have the girl as the older. And I think, <laughs> and I don't know if this is always the case, but I think generally the girl, I'm not gonna say mothers the the the, the you know the younger brother, but maybe makes them stay in line more. You know? yep. 
you know, and kind of says, okay, you need to do this, you need to do that, you know, because generally, and I, again, I don't want to stereotype because, you know, each kid is different, but generally girls are more on the, um, the loving, caring, nurturing side, and guys are more on the rambunctious, you know, go get them and, you know, just get things done side. And so the girls seem to tamper that down a little bit if the girl is older. You know, um, I got to, I have to tell you, it's, um, so my kids are three years and three months apart and um so oh, yeah. older daughter but and i don't know if this is unique to that scenario where you have the girl first and the boy second and everything but literally um she hung the moon as far as he's concerned right like he loves his big sister and and she just to this day right she just graduated high school this year he's uh he just started school today by the way sophomore in high school and she graduated um, you know, you know, three months ago, four months ago. Uh, so she still lives at home and she just absolutely terrorizes that kid. And he, she will take full advantage of him because she can do no wrong. And, uh, and like he, he still gets like frustrated with her and everything, but like she hung the moon, she can terrorize him as much as possible, but he just, he just loves her so much. So I didn't, I don't know if that's unique to that scenario or not, but I, as a parent, I absolutely, I love that actually. Yeah, that's, it just warms your heart. And I remember I'm the youngest in my family. I have a brother who's three years older and a sister who's five. And I just wanted so much to hang out with those people when I was young. They didn't want me, but you know, that's okay. <laughs> I learned to get over it. <laughs> nice. So you ended up going into uh so you had a, like a computer brain apparently. So you go to Oregon state <laughs> and then uh, from there though, it, it it was it was other than you know buying a hard asset gold silver something like that uh -huh. I'm assuming right yes. um, uh -huh. was there anything else that in that gave you any indication that maybe this was the path that you're going to end up on um I'm pretty nosy and I like to ask questions. And I know at one point within my family, there was, uh, my dad was self-employed, had his own business, and he dealt a lot with lawyers and accountants, you know, and kind of um, a lot of stuff was always going on, you know, just being self-employed and make sure that, you know, you do the right things for taxes and, you know, you don't get sued and that stuff. And I thought that was really quite interesting to be enmeshed in all that. So sometimes it was a little bit um not for me, because um, I was young enough, I didn't really understand it all. But, um, you know, being self-employed, there's those times when you don't know, you know, is it going to work or isn't it going to work and stuff. And so I went through that with him and him dealing with, you know, the people that he paid to, you know, help him get through that. And I thought that's really cool for the other people to help him and get him through that. And he leaned on them. What they said, he listened to and he did. And I saw, you know, it worked out for him really well. So I thought if I can help someone else, you know, and be their support person and get them where they need to go and kind of get involved in their life, I thought that would be kind of exciting. So, so that was another motivator to get me in the field. And at that point I was in college and at one point I was going to be a chemistry major. <laughs> And then um, uh, I ended up being a business major with a computer science background and stuff. So changed my majors a couple times, but, and I didn't even know how that was going to impact or fall into what I wanted to do. But um, I think it was a big um, uh, initiator for me to get me on the right path, going where I wanted to go. 
Yeah, so it's it's interesting. It's a, it's a common theme, uh, Tim, right? Where we have advisors that they were in a totally different industry and then they got into the financial <sighs> advisory space. So what what I like to um, find out, and as I see, we're coming up on an, on a on a break here, but um, what I'm wondering is, and because it's so common, I ask this question almost every time uh, in this same scenario. What was the transition and support like from your high school sweetheart as you're like going to do some something complete? You're like, you're not, you don't know where the next paycheck's coming from. You don't know what you're, you know, how it's going to end up. You, you know, it's a, there's a lot of unknown, which is unusual, right? Because women, uh-huh. a lot of women tend to be a little bit more security based. That's a little bit out there, right? So uh, I just, I'm just curious, what was that support and that transition like, you know, uh, coming from your husband's point of view? Oh, wonderful. Totally wonderful stuff. So I am kind of on the dom, I don't want to say dominant side, but when I want to do something, it's going to get done. (laughs) I'm going to push through and, you know, it's not always the way I totally want it, but, you know, things get done. And he has been supportive the whole way. And I think what has helped is um, uh, whenever I want to do something different, um, I I think about it, and I've been a planner my whole life. I think about it like a year ahead of time. When I was um, um, in, I was working in, in the computer field, and I had a friend who's five years older than me, and she had young kids, and I saw her um, with the young kids and having to arrange daycare. You know, if the kid was sick or if the weather was bad or something, and just the hassles that she was having to go through to manage that. And I thought, when I have kids, which happened to be like five years later, I want to have a career that allows me or family life, family balance that allows me to do what I want to do and to make sure that the kids are taken care of. And so my husband, because we planned, my husband was able to leave his job and then stay home for a couple of years, you know, and be with the kids and be there when we needed. And then when the kids got into the first parts of grade school, then he um, bought a business and, you know, went off on that adventure. But, you know, very supportive. And I think as long as you plan, ahead and we lived off like one person's income for quite a while just to make sure we could do it so loved it yeah that, that's awesome I always like to hear that I mean obviously you know uh in the in the space that you know that Tim's in you know he owns his own business you know entrepreneur same here and the same goes with with almost without exception with the advisors we work with so yeah. I always like to get sort of that perspective on what it's like from that uh you know especially I mean, you guys have been together for 40 plus years, it sounds like, right? And and what that, you know, if you go from one completely different thing to this other unknown, it's always nice to have that uh, that foxhole um, uh, individual that's in there supporting you every step along the way. Yeah, and if I can just interject a little bit, I didn't go straight from like being a W-2 employee, you know, getting an income to just stopping that and going, you know, to be a financial advisor. I, I can't do that myself. I can't just <laughs> give up my income. It just, I can't do that. And right. so I work and then I worked on top of that, you know, the weekends, the evenings, all that kind of good stuff to build up the practice. And I did that on and off for six years until, and that was, I started in 2002. 2008, I'd been in the business long enough. I'd seen my revenue grow enough. And I thought it doubles every year. So 2008 to 2009, I'm going to make this really good income. So I stopped doing that computer totally and just started doing the investment business. But we all know what happened in 2008. (laughs) 
the beginning of the great recession yeah what a what time well that's okay because you had your foundation in place and i think it's it's really awesome i mean there's there's a couple ways of, of doing this so if anybody's out there listening and you had something you want to do in your life but you've been putting it off for whatever reason why put it off i mean you, you got you got a couple options here number one you either just you know, burn the bridge behind you and move forward as fast as you possibly can, like I did, or do what Laura did and work your butt off, uh, you know, do your regular job and be Side grateful off. for it. Even if you don't like the current job, be very grateful for it, for the income it provides you and the, and, uh, the security it provides you knowing that it's going to, at one time you're going to get to release it. So it really is a gift and then work your butt off until you build your practice up or your, you know, whatever business or entrepreneurial deal you got going on and then say, say la vie. And then the good thing was, even though the market crashed, you had enough experience under your belt and now you're full time. So you have more time to just figure things out, talk to more people, you know. So anyway, I think that's that's really cool. So good, good, good segment, guys. We'll take a quick break, everybody. And when we get back, we'll get into more of what Laura's doing on a daily basis to help her clients keep their money safe and avoid the dreaded taxes. We'll be right back. Estate planning. What does that even mean? When the inevitable happens for everyone on this planet, your estate plan kicks into action. But first, let's start with what an estate is. An estate is simply everything you own. Now, here's the issue and what needs to be understood when this event occurs. You only have two choices on this plan. Number one, either you plan how your estate gets handed out and distributed to those you leave behind. Or number two, your state decides who gets everything you own. For the first time ever, you can now take complete and total control of this plan that you've been deprived of for most of your life and generations before you. You can get personalized assistance along the way with a team of specialists whose job it is to make sure you have true peace of mind. It's important to understand that estate planning is a journey and rest assured that our team will be available to you all along the way and at every step. Welcome to eState Plan home of the last estate plan you'll ever need. To learn more, make sure to reach out to your local advisor licensed with us or go to our website for more information. What's up, Enrichers? Tim James here. I'm back with my co-host, Carter Wilcoxon. And in the house today, we have um, Laura Holcomb. She's actually from the Portland, Oregon area, which, Laura, I don't know if I knew this. I, I live in eastern Oregon now. We talked about that. But I was down in Portland for... Oh man, since on and off since 91, I'd go down there every summer to play baseball while I was playing college ball here. That way I could just keep playing 24 seven. And I ended up meeting a gal down there and, and having kids and did all that deal. And now I'm back home, back home to Eastern Oregon. So um, anyway, I thought that was really cool. You're the first person we've had, I think from the Portland, Oregon area, which is somewhere where I've, you know, I hung out there for God. It's just crazy to think it's like, um, yeah, I was down there for like uh, almost 30 years. It's just saying that it's just like weird. It's like, okay, I know I got some gray hairs, but it's just weird. So anyway, why don't you tell us all about what are you like? What what kind of niches did you fall into? Because there's I mean, there's so much as a financial advisor. You know, I had my PNC license. I had my life insurance license. There's tons of uh, annuities and and all kinds of cool, you know, insurance instruments. And, you know, you can get your 66 license. You can be a licensed stockbroker. You can trade. And, and there's just different, what are you doing? And what, what's the niches that you found that work well for you and your clients? What's your product mix strategies? Well, um, let me back up and say, when we started, we used to teach classes through the local Portland Community College. So if anyone's familiar with the area and we taught those, um, you know, 
quite a bit up until COVID kind of shut everything down. And that is how, you know, we would teach people we'd educated our companies known for education. It's three hours, three nights, and then people would come in and meet with them, meet with us and we'd chat with them. And one of the things I like about the company I've, I'm with is we look at their whole financial picture. We give people like a four page document and it talks about anything financial. We're not just investments, really investments are just, you know, a small portion of their financial life. We look at everything, emergency fund, the life insurance, you know, the mortgage. And, and we just chat about um, with our clients, anything that they need to deal with. So when we were doing that, we um, reached out and anyone who took the class, you know, came in and became our clients. And then, you know, COVID shut it down. You know, we're just trying to survive through COVID and now coming back again. And so um, my passion is to help the younger people get going. And one of my sayings is if I can get everyone started on the right educational path, then we really don't have to worry about retirement when they hit 50 or 60 because they know where they're going and they know how they're going to get there. And also um, along those lines, getting people to align their spending with their values. You know, and we chat a lot of times with people and they're just spending and they don't even track it and stuff. And so we have them, you know, put their detailed budget together and we go through it. And um, I, I know someone who, you know, they love their dog and they were spending more money on travel than they were on dog care, you know, just making sure their dog was healthy and eating the right foods. And so looking at that, thinking, you know, I really, if I want to be a good dog parent, then I need to kind of align with my values. And same thing with investing. You know, if you really want to get to retirement and where you're going, are you putting enough money away for retirement? And I know it's never a good time to invest, but you just got to do small chunks along the way. And I tell people, if you can save money for 20 years, you know, committed, what you need to do, you know, not awful, but just, you know, working towards it, then I can probably get you towards retirement. Well, so that's, the that's niche actually really rare. It's really rare that you're doing this because usually when people get in, it's like you go after the whales, you go after the big accounts, you're helping all the minnows, like hopefully yeah. become a whale, you know, become a whale. Right. So what have, yeah. you, have you found that that's worked because you've helped them and then their, their aunt or mom and dad hear about it and you pick up the clients that actually have the more money. Because, you know, the way where we're paid, well, we're based on a percentage of usually assets under management. So, yeah, well, I, you know, I do have to have, you know, the clients who have the larger assets and stuff that will get me going and stuff. So that is kind of the bread and butter of how we pay the bills. But we've been in it long enough that we're dealing with their kids and their grandkids, which is great, you know, because then I get to help the youngers and um, my clients know that I like to help the young people. And so um, they allow me to, um, I don't know if it's allow, but, but they're happy that I help those other people. But yeah, we do right. need to have um, the, you know, the people with, you know, the large chunks of assets that we can help um, get where they need to go and stuff. And I've started talking with people, um, uh, you know, we do retirement plans. So they'll have, you know, maybe a million or two at the end of their life, just in case anything comes up. And I said, you know, what if, what if you don't need that money? And I like to have the conversation about fun money and charities, you know, and maybe you don't have to wait till then to do charities and stuff, or, you know, helping kids. Who is it that you really want to help out and stuff? So I've gotten to a point where um, I don't need to really get a lot of new clients, you know, just 
you know, a few every once in a while is great. I don't really need to grow my business as much as I used to. So I can focus more on adding value and services to those areas that need it. Wow, that's that is that is really cool. So um, you kind of consider yourself, it sounds like, and I don't know if this was just um, a perfect fit for the, the firm, because there, there's others in your firm that you work with, correct? You There's a yes. firm or like there's a tribe, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so who started the organization and then who was second? Who was, <laughs> was it, or is it you just were all hanging out at dinner one night and said, you know what, we should just start our own firm? No. So people started it, you know, 40 years ago, there was um, a person, his name is Steve Woods, been in it. He started it like when he was in his 20s and just built the organization. And then he got a couple of other advisors. And then, you know, those advisors got junior people and then the junior people bought out so that peeling off of the older layer happened in December of 2019. And so those people had, you know, 35 years of experience at that point, and they all retired. Three of the advisors retired, and then the younger generations started January of 2020. So if there was never a good, or if there was ever a good time to get out of the business, <laughs> that would have been <laughs> Yeah, and so um, all three of us um, started, you know, kind of from scratch, we've been working together and preparing for them to leave for like three to four years. So, it, you know, we're all ready to do it. And then they left in January and we started going forward and then COVID hit and we had to just kind of deal with our own resources and how we're going to make this work. But it was three of us and we are all, um, okay, so someone a little bit older than me and someone younger than me. So I don't want to give away age. You're the, you're the middle child. Now, I am the middle child. Yes. <laughs> so, so, um, so your your demographic that you're dealing with, and then the uh, the area are. Did you find that your reach became wider? You could cast a wider net, where a lot of things became, you know, like online and stuff like that. And then, because it sounds like you were working a lot, you know, in the community, like you were doing educational uh -huh. events at a community center or something you said earlier. Uh -huh. um, so, so talk a little bit about how for client, new client acquisition, how COVID helped you or hindered, or there was a challenge during that for new clients or, or was it an advantage or an opportunity in your eyes? Yeah, yeah. And again, I'm going to back up a little bit because we do, we've been in business so long that, you know, clients retire and they move to Florida, they move to the East Coast, they move to California, so, um, you know, Texas. And so we already had a nice base of clients that were outside of the Oregon area. But um, during the COVID time, it just made it easier to communicate with everyone. And um, we, my husband and I, we have an RV recreational vehicle. And so we like to, you know, go out and about. And so I always wanted to set up my practice. You know, if I just wanted to be in my RV, you know, pull off the table, get my laptop and I can communicate with clients. So I was already, you know, kind of gearing my clients up for that down the road. And um, COVID just meant, you know, we were all working from home or coming into the office, but you know, you generally didn't want to, you know, have contact with a client. And so clients, a lot of clients became a lot more accustomed to it. Mm -hmm. And it became a lot more normal to, you know, just not come into the office. But we did, the advisors did come into the office during the majority of it, just because it's so much easier to work here. 
And then interestingly, we found some of our clients did not really want to meet with us until they could meet in person. They wanted to have that one-on-one contact, which I thought was interesting. I thought everyone would be okay with the online presence, but it's not. So I think because of our industry and there's so much trust, you know, and you want to look in that person's eye and I want to see, do they understand? Are the eyes glazing over, you know, and I need to explain that again. And so clients like to meet with us and I think there will always be that need for this industry. Yeah, you know, you you said it perfectly, Laura. I mean, that's the that's the thing about um, as great of as technology can be, right? Money and investing is emotional, mm-hmm. and, and in fact, one of our board members who was uh, very instrumental in a a, a robo advisory organization that uh, he he helped to start and everything, um, he found out in um, you know in twenty. 19, 20, 20, when everything was going haywire because of COVID, you know, robo-advising is okay until there's an issue. Now, all of a sudden, it's like the 800 number is going ring, 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 ring. And you're just like, that was when he recognized that you can do a lot of things with technology. You can make your life easier. You can make the communication, the onboarding, things like that can definitely be uh, easier. But money and investing and legacy and stuff like that, that is so emotional. It's personal. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, and it, it will, it will always be that way. And so, and I totally understand why people feel that way. I myself, if I'm going to, you know, chat with a professional, I want to be there and I want to talk with them. Yeah. 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 No doubt. So um, now, so you're a, you're a quote unquote senior advisor at the organization. <laughs> so do you, um, are you guys looking to bring on new younger advisors and training them up and then expanding. So that way, because obviously you're right around the corner for you, right? You're, you're not going to be doing this forever. I don't know how old some of the people in 2019 and 20, early 20 were when they retired, but you know, you're probably getting closer to thinking about that. And then succession planning (laughs) comes into play, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, And amazingly, we had one advisor who left and he was 75 and still going strong. You know, it's like, oh my goodness. So that's, it was just a motivator for me. So right now I'm not quite 60, even though I kind of think of myself as 60. So I'm thinking another 10 years because I, I get to work with the clients I like, you know, if a client and I don't gel well together, I don't have to work with them. You know, it's nice that I'm at that part of my career and I don't have to feel bad about it. It's just some people, you know, you may just not get along with. And so, and that's fine. They'd be happy to be somewhere else. Um, so let's see. And there was something else I was going to say. Well, okay. Sorry. I didn't finish the question, but what well, was- no, I, it was just, it was just more about the succession planning idea, but, oh. but you're going to, you're, okay. you're in for, you know, for another 10, 15 years, maybe. Yeah. And so um, we are, we um, all currently, the three of us have people kind of junior people that we're working on, you know, and seeing if they do want to go through, you, you have to get licensed, you know, which is kind of a pain in the butt. You give away a part of your life to get licensed and make sure, you know, that it's a fit going forward, but we like to hire from within. So we get someone to come in as our assistant, you know, see how they work out, see if they want to move up the ranks. And if they do, that is perfect. And we get to teach them the way that we do it instead of them coming from somewhere else with some habits that, you know, we may not like, we always put the client first, you know, that's the the first and foremost thing for us. And so we want to make sure that other people who come in, um, you know, have that same philosophy. 
Yeah. So I have, uh, you know, uh, a lot of advisors, you know, I've, I've worked with and talked with on this podcast a lot. And, and by the way, and Richards, thank you again for joining us for another episode of, uh, of our podcast today. We are on with Laura Holcomb of Resource Financial in Portland, Oregon. Um, so Laura, you know, a, a lot of the advisors, you know, they talk about having like a, a right fit sort of agenda that they have. And that sounds like a lot with not only the culture you're trying to create, right? You don't, you don't, you're not trying to bring in somebody where you have to untrain them, right? You'd yeah. much rather have like that soft clay, as I call it, where you can really mold <laughs> them into, a, you know, an image that you want to, you know, have. Uh-huh. So um, it, that sounds like that's what your guys's makeup is as you continue growing the practice. Yeah. And as time goes on, we um, get more into like our strategic planning and what we want to do going forward. And just to make sure, um, you know, not everyone wants to work with, you know, like younger folks, people who don't, you know, have the education or the skills that, you know, some other folks may be, they don't want to go through that education process. And I know I've been through some coaching programs and talking to other people and they only, you know, other advisors will take people only have, you know, a certain minimum. And so it's like, you know, everyone needs help along the way. And so I just want to be able to have the people that work with me have the philosophy you know, a couple of things. If, if someone is important to our clients, they're important to us, you know? And so we just want to make sure that we get everything taken care of. And I said, one of my, um, I have a couple of um, kind of bullet points. And um, one of them is if we can solve someone's financial issues, even if they aren't going to do business with us, but, you know, they call us and they say, you know, should I contribute to a Roth or traditional, you know, I got your name from someone. That's my only question. If I can answer their question in 15 minutes, you know, power to them, I'll answer it and let them go on their way. Hoping, you know, maybe down the road, they'll remember me, you know, and think good thoughts and say, oh, yeah, yeah. Remember, Laura, she helped me. Stuff. So just get everyone pointed in the right direction. Well, well, Tim, you know, I'm sitting here talking with Laura and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, it's got to be real easy for her to find, you know, some like minded clients that are a right fit for one another. Because, I mean, you're, you're just so like, you just have this presence about you, Laura, that it would be real easy to want to work with you. What do you, is that? Do you get that sense at all, Tim? Yeah, I have a, I have a feeling she's going to get stuff done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and one thing is, is, you know, I try and put myself in my client's position. You know, I, I love finance. I could talk about it all the time, you know, and um, I, when people are sitting in our waiting room, it took me a while to realize they can be sweating bullets their hearts beating out of their chest it's like they they maybe haven't done the right things that they thought and so one of my goals is to bring them into the office make them smile you know give them some hope sometimes I don't show them the retirement plan because it's not as pretty as it could be and I said these are the three things do these things we'll chat in a year and we'll see how things are going so I like to make people feel comfortable everyone that I've ever chatted with as long as they have the desire can get to their goals and I'm there to support them along the way. That's awesome. That's pretty awesome. Hey, I bet if, if um, back when I was going to school and you were going to school, they would have probably put us on Ritalin. <laughs> 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 that's what happens when you have a kid that's excited and, and it's just anybody in general. I, I literally have people right now. Um, I'm just getting back off a trip. So I'm about 50% right now. But give me a couple more days and I'll be back 100%. Literally, people think I'm on cocaine right? Because I have so much oh, energy gosh. and I'm so excited about what I do. And I, that's just, it's exuding from you. So I, I think that's a, a super win-win for you and, and for all your clients. So keep doing what you're doing. 
it's a good thing you're handing out some really good permission slips for other people, no matter what they want to do life by the example that you're setting. So that's cool. So right yeah. now we're going to take another break. And when we get back, we're going to let Laura ask me any questions she wants on health. We'll be right back. the absolute best for yourself and you want it to be easy that's why we created green 85 it helps with detoxifying the body gently we're proud it's chemical free unlike almost all other supplements you'll find bottom line green 85 will get you healthier we look forward to hearing what green 85 did for you To get this product and our other amazing products, go to chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Enrichers? Tim James here. I'm back with my co-host, Carter Wilcox. Again, in the house, we've got Laura Holcomb, certified financial planner out of the Portland, Vancouver metro area. That's where I... Spent about 25 plus years down there. And that's where I was a financial advisor, Laura. So that's cool. So now this is the point in our podcast where we flip the script. We were talking about wealth. And now we're going to talk about being wealthy in health. So what questions do you have for me? Okay, so I have three. So hopefully time for all of them. So um, in the past, I've given, um, I like to show appreciation to clients. And so in the summertime, I make like strawberry rhubarb pies and you know, hand them out to my clients and I go visit them and see them in their house and stuff and we chat and stuff. And then I've recently, um, as people become more health conscious, they say, you know, no thanks. You know, I just, I can't do the pie. It's, it's not good for me. What can be something that I could make that could be healthy that I could give to my clients that shows that I care? Uh, well, you could make, uh, my, I have a recipe of this raw chocolate lemon fudge. That's really good. And it's very easy to make. Um, it's got like four or five ingredients and um, you could run a half a marathon on this stuff. It's very packed full of energy. So you, I if, go ahead. If, if someone's looking to, you know, cut down on the calories, is it good? Is it okay? Or I have some diet. Well, I mean, there's also. definitely calories in it because it's based on either like an almond butter, like a sprouted almond butter, right? So there are going to be uh -huh. calories there. Um, do you want to just give them like some type of a light treat that's, Good. Is it, you want to give them some type of food deal? Yeah, something fun that they can share, you know, with their friends. <clears throat> something fun. But you want to actually prepare it yourself. Yeah, I think that means more than if I just go purchase it somewhere. Hmm. I agree. Well, I would say, I mean, a lot of our clients give this out. <laughs> it's our greens because <laughs> it's just like it's like because most people are not getting enough uh, nutrients in their body. And it's a convenient way for them to do it. Um, I actually have some people doing that as far as their, that's part of their insurance program of what they do for their employees. They, they pay 50% of the bill on the supplements from our company. And then that's because the ins health insurance, sometimes the business, the smaller businesses can't afford it, as you know, so they're trying. And then when you do the guys, that, gals that get it, they're like, well, the medic, the medical system is kind of broken. So they're not really getting the care that they probably should anyway. So why would I pay into something that I can't afford that's not really going to do much for them? Except, you know, if they get in a car accident, then it's going to help out for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's just, I'm trying to think, do you like making salads? I mean, it's a little more perishable. Uh, yeah. I mean, that can work because I, I usually make something the night before 
and then you know deliver it the next day so that would be something I'd what have about to make fruit in the what about probably? fruit i mean fruit's kind of a special thing we use it for occasions you could like you could make like a make some type of like a berry mix and maybe throw some mint leaves in it yeah. something like that oh yeah that could be good i was kind of thinking maybe hummus or salsa with some chips oh yeah that's yeah you uh, can totally do that do you want to make your own hummus or you just want to yeah i make my own <laughs> okay do you know how to make hummus um i get the recipe from my phone <laughs> okay yeah it's not it's not hard um unless you're yeah. a super expert i would probably stay well you can try making sprouted hummus if you can figure it out in fact if you want to taste the best hummus in the freaking world it's called majestic garlic it's a company out of california you'll probably have to have a case shipped up to you on ice just once it's worth it they actually make sprouted hummus so they take the garbanzo okay. beans and sprout them and somehow magically that's why maybe they call it magic garlic and just get the plain hummus don't do the other flavors just just try the plain one it's unbelievable they actually sprout the hummus so it becomes on average 100 to 800 times more nutritious it's um, eight oh. times more digestible and they're really smart. They don't put tahini with it. Now, almost all hummuses have oh. tahini. And when you're mixing the, the sesame seed, which is what they make tahini out of, with the legume, it's actually improper food combining. It causes gastrointestinal. Uh, it causes fermentation, basically. So they make theirs without uh, tahini in it. So it's unbelievable. I don't know how they do it. I like literally want to go down there and like learn how to do it just so I can make it myself um because yeah. it's that good it like and every single uh -huh. person that i shared that with because i was I, when i was in portland i used to order cases of it and then i'd hand them out to people and i and i do these classes twice a week where people come over and i'm like hey try this and they're like oh my god this is the best hummus i've ever had in my life it's legit on all levels not okay. just taste but for digestive health um for absorption of nutrients and and digestion and absorption it's 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 a wonderful wonderful deal so majestic garlic Okay, so yeah, you can okay. take garlic, but what you can do if you wanted to really pep it up is you could buy like red lentils, green lentils, or French lentils. Oh. Um, also uh -huh. mung beans. Okay. Uh, maybe even fenugreek if you wanted to really powerhouse it. And you could mix those all together or just do one of them or two of them or any combination of those. And you could sprout those. Those will be ready in two and a half days. After you get done making your hummus, you could put it in there and mix it in and then you would have a hummus with sprouts in it and just tell them they need to eat it pretty quick within a few days and keep okay. it in the fridge and that you've got like this you know like super healthy deal that uh, nobody's going to eat hummus like that that'd be like super healthy hummus and they can take those okay. that hummus and if they wanted to they could just you know obviously eat it with chips and dip and that kind of stuff or they could um, put cumin or coriander in it if they want to give it more of a Mexican flair. Maybe a little bit of chili powder on that deal. Um, just be careful because some people don't like you know hot stuff, but just a little bit. It's just a dash for flavor. And then you can put it in like a cabbage leaf or a living butter lettuce or some type of butter lettuce or red cabbage or a romaine lettuce leaf. And that you can make a like a taco um, without you know wheat, which is like super bad for the human body. And um, because of the way they make it today, because it's all hybrid and you know it used to be like four and a half feet tall now it's 18 inches tall it used to have little teeny seeds now it's got big seeds the seeds used to make uh you know the metabolism the plant used to make um uh, glutathione now it makes formaldehyde which embalms us i mean those gliadin proteins there's so many reasons to stay away from wheat products but 
that's a uh, another thing that people could do and you could actually make a recipe um and in fact i think i might have them on that we have a free gift on our website i wonder if that recipe's in there i know there's recipes in there i have to go look but um okay. but anyway maybe you can hand out a little little two or three recipe thing that they could use it for that's right? awesome. yeah i think that's i i wondering how phil giving them a head of lettuce <laughs> wrap it up in a nice bow cabbage works too cabbage leaves work well too okay and actually okay, that's, so that's a chip alternative when i'm coaching people because a lot of people yeah. are eating chips um siete brand chips are good because they're made out of cassava root they're not made out of um and they don't have like canola oil in it which should only be used for machinery oil it doesn't have expeller pressed oils in it expeller pressed means they've when you uh, expeller machines press the oils out but they do it in such a uh, so much pressure it actually creates heat and it heats the oils up hot real hot and they actually turn into lipid peroxides which are cancer causers so if anytime you ever see expeller press it should say cancer oil i mean think about that if like would you put that in would you eat that if it said cancer oil i mean nobody would pick it up but that's literally yeah. what it does canola oil is rapeseed oil under a different name and it's just not good for you but um to get people off either give them healthy chips or what we do is we teach people to take the purple lettuce or excuse me, the purple cabbage or the green cabbage and just break it into chunks and make the cabbage the chips and then dip it into oh. hummus or dip it into your sauce so that uh -huh. you can have cabbage chips. All you got to do is rip them into chunks. And that's another that's another yeah. super healthy way to do it and chew your food really well. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, next, next question. <laughs> yes. Um, what are three things or a few things that I could tell my clients you know, who aren't, you know, health is maybe not their primary concern, but I would love it to be so that they can live a good long life. So what are kind of three easier things that the average person can do to just be healthier? Well, I think what you might want to do is show them a virtual colonoscopy of an unhealthy person, what their colon looks like on the inside. That will wake people up quicker than anything, because I actually did that um, when I was in Hippocrates, they showed us the insides of three unhealthy people, a, a gal who had Hashimoto's and thrush, which is the yeast infection. She's 24 inside of her colon was all white and yellow and weird looking. Then there was like a, um, a male that was 65 years old with colon cancer and parasites. And inside of his colon looked like black tar and, and with white worms crawling around. And then there was the 45 year old female with breast cancer and colitis or Crohn's. Her gut was jacked up and it was black tar, some brown stuff. Then they showed us a person that was a healthy colon and been on the Hippocrates lifestyle for like three years or something. And it was like, there's still brown waste matter in there. Of course, it's a colon. It's a waste removal system. But the, the, the lining was like pink and clean and you could see the blood vessels. Yeah. And that's when it, it like for me that the, the light bulb went off and I realized this is an, it's an inside game. And I have to if I ever want to be healthy, truly healthy, I have to start cleaning up my insides and um and keep it that way and then put good inputs you know clean air clean water fresh food um you know get get outside and get sunshine that kind of stuff so that that visual really helped me but usually when people get started i mean most people 95 percent of people are not drinking enough water and what water they are yeah. drinking is toxic i mean if you're drinking out of a plastic bottle you're you're putting estrogen mimickers into your body that lead towards breast cancer prostate cancer ovarian cysts uterine cysts uh, man boobs. Um, you know, as soon as I heard that, I'm like, I'm out. And the microplastics today are so pervasive from all the plastics that we're consuming and using in food products and, and water and drinks and and also in our clothing. Like this shirt right here. I don't know if you guys can see it. It's a, it's a new design. It's, those are walnuts down there, right? 
So yeah. the reason, and this, this shirt is hundred percent organic cotton, but even the dyes that make this are chemical free. So this is part of our shirts out of our swag store. And, um, but if you wash a, like a Lycra bra, or if you're washing, um, you know, something that's spandex or, um, you know, just any type of synthetic material, then it's every time you wash it, microscopic plastics get out there. And it's so bad that 1500 miles into the interior and in pristine lakes, two and two and a half inch fish today have both male and female organs. They're turning into hermaphrodites. And why? Because of the high amounts of estrogen mimickers from microplastics and from pesticides and fungicides and herbicides and larvicides and chemical fertilizers, all these things are got into our ecosystem. 74% of the world's rainwater has glyphosate in it, the main ingredient in Roundup, the main herbicide. And glyphosate, that stuff was originally designed to clean out metal tanks. And then they flipped it and now they make it into an herbicide. So it's, it's really a bad deal because when it rains uh, or when that stuff gets into the, it's in 74% of the rainwater and it goes into the soil, it's actually binding to the heavy metals. And then we drink it. We, we get it and it's in the food we eat. So we're literally pouring because of glyphosate, just one of them. And there's hundreds of thousands of chemicals. We're putting tons and tons of heavy metals in our bodies. And then 3G, 4G, 5G, the more around you around the city, you're turning into a conductor. And you're getting zapped from the inside out. So these are the things of level of awareness that people have to wake up to today. So I like to, you know, in, you can either call it enlightened or frightened. Um, I was actually frightened yeah. when I first got to this. But, you know, knowing this information, like you can either go bury your head in the sand and become a statistic. You know, over 50% of us are dying of heart disease. And our 50% are going to die of cancer. It's going up. And there's type 2 diabetes and COPD and all this crap going on. We're the sickest we've ever been. What the hell's the point of having money? If you feel like crap when you wake up every day, okay, great. You have a big schedule of real estate. You got great cash flow. You got your taxes down. You, every, you, you got tons of money here and there. It's all over the place. You're diversified. Great. And then two days later, you have a heart attack and you're dead, right? Mm -hmm. And then your husband yeah, or your exactly. wife goes and marries, marries a jackass and they spend all your money. So <laughs> yeah. what's, the, what's the point, right? Or your kids take the money and they blow through it and they end up, you know, not only blowing through that, but they're blowing cocaine up their nose too and they're partying around the world and, and their money's gone in a year, right? We've seen this kind of stuff happen. So, you know, not only do you do the estate planning, that's why I always tell people, work with Carter and his team, do that legacy planning stuff. And I'm sure you guys probably do that too, but, um, you know, that way you can control your money above ground and below ground. But while you're above ground, you know, you, you've literally been given a gift. This vehicle that you've been, this body and this life that you've been given is literally a gift. Creation doesn't make mistakes. You're actually part of the tapestry that creation put together. So it's obvious, unless you're going to say creation screws up, that you're here. So why wouldn't you honor what you've been given in this body? You know, in fact, I have a, a statement where I always say, if you want to honor creation, you should, you need to honor your body. Like literally. So if there's people out there, that, you know, believe in God, he, she, it, the vortex, him, whatever your version of God is, if you really believe in God, then you're really disgracing God if you don't take care of the gift you've been given, right? And, and, and you're also setting a bad example for kids and grandkids, you know, if you're just eating freaking chocolate chip cookies and drinking coffee your whole life. I mean, it's just like, it's not going to end up well. Look how many people, how many clients have you run into, and more and more, you've probably seen this with Alzheimer's and dementia and memory loss. Yeah, it's getting there. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a lot. It's rampant. It's rampant. Mm -hmm. Overconsumption of sugar, heavy metal toxicity in the brain from aluminum particles that are in the air, uh, from what they spray, uh, cooking out of aluminum cookware, um, 
you know, the wheat, all this stuff. It's it's it catches up and it's just like nobody seemed to care about it. In fact, I had another guy who was his dad. He said his dad, I mean, his dad's a freaking retired Marine. He fought for the, you know, he did. He paid his dues. He worked hard. He was in a, he was a teacher after that. And um, he just, he's like, dude, my dad's like lost it. He's like lost it. And he was just, the last 10 years. His dad's been kind of out of it. His dad finally just decided to take himself off pharmaceutical drugs. And he's like, dude, I got my dad back. My dad's freaking, yeah. I'm having conversations with him. He's realizing that, you know, mom's got some problems because his mom's an alcoholic. And um, so he's starting to come around now and, and um, he's getting his faculties back because this, there was this one specific drug that was just making him, you know, out of his mind, basically. Right. So those are just, you know, what those are synthetics, no matter what. So whether you're getting heavy metals or synthetics in the body, these clients of yours, they really need to learn how to detox their body. You know, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's like if your car's a mess and you're driving around in it and you're, you got a bunch of garbage in it, who would really want to get in the car with you? Or do you even like doing it in the car yourself? It stinks, right? It's the same thing with your body. You just got to clean up the garbage. It'll run better. You'll feel better. You get your life back. And then maybe you will want to live a little bit longer because your quality of life is better. So a quick question, when you said looking at the colon, when we, you know, we're older, we get colonoscopies now, we get the little pictures, you know, if there's polyps in there or whatever, and we see the wall, is that what we could look at to see how it looks? You know, it's supposed to be that nice. Well, you, you could, but you could, but what you, what you do is like, you can just go to YouTube, right? And if I see if I can pull this up, I'll share screen. Uh, let me push pause on that. Um, and then let me see if I can find it. So it's just, uh, uh, colon, but you don't see what they do though, is they, they have you take a bunch of stuff and not eat. So it's kind of cleaned out. You want to see what's actually in there. You want to go in okay. and yeah. And see colon, um, uh, camera, Let's see if that'll pull it up. Oh yeah. Right. So, um, well, if I could, if I could, I just typed in colon and camera and then it says colonoscopy video tour journey through a healthy colon scroll down there oh and then uh pill camera swallowed fall through the guts um well uh polyps it's not really the one there's this one um colon cleansing anyway i gotta i gotta figure out what it is but you can actually get in there uh, uh maybe i'll just put in unhealthy colon let's see if that finds it um let me scroll down there yeah it's like yeah there's one a healthy colon versus an unhealthy colon um, you know, it's just like the, the body gives signs. The body's giving people signs all the time. Like if you're overweight, your body's telling you, Hey, you need to change your environment. If you have low energy, Hey, you need to change your mental fog. You need to change. You have skin issues. Like I used to have, you need to change. You have, you can't move your body where, well, you got pain. Your, your body's telling you, Hey, dude, or do that. You need to change what you're doing. Um, another thing you can do is you can actually check your fingernails. So if your fingernails, they should be smooth. Right. But if you see, Lots of lines on you and, and cracking or it's uh -huh. yellow. Those are funguses or it could be black, um, you know, striations and stuff like that. You can tell usually if those if it's not shiny. Right. And without the striations, then then if it's shiny, you know, you're getting good nutrient absorption. But if you're if you have brittle nails and it's cracking, you have poor absorption, which most people do. Right. You have toenail fungus. That's you have gut issues. If you have skin issues like eczema, psoriasis like I had, I had eczema. Those are gut issues. It's an inside job. So we just have to, we just have to go inside, um, clean up the mess and then 
flood our body with nature and learn how to deal with stress. Okay, so third question. Um, okay. If someone is taking vitamins, how do they know if they're getting, you know, the right vitamins yeah. and the vitamins are doing what they're supposed to be doing? Uh, 95 to 98% chance you're not. That's just where you're at today yeah. with the vitamin industry. So, um, you know, I'll give you an example. So if somebody's looking for uh, a vitamin, what's the, what are you taking it for? Well, typically you're trying to supplement nutrition because you know that it's not in the soil anymore and it's not in the food you're eating. So you're replacing what's missing. That's kind of the whole goal, right? So if that's the case, let's say multivitamins for an example, an easy way to tell whether you're actually consuming a synthetic made in a laboratory or something that's naturally occurring in nature is just go to your multivitamin, look at, look under vitamin C. It's a telltale sign. If behind vitamin C in parentheses, it says ascorbic acid, you are consuming a synthetic chemical. And it's not the same thing. In fact, even in, there's a book out there called Supplements Exposed, and there's a picture of Curlian photography of a synthetic ascorbic acid and a naturally occurring vitamin C from like an Arceola cherry or something, camu, camu, berry, alma berry, one of the three. And you can show it to a six-year-old child and go, well, which one do you like better? Every single time the six-year-old go Boop, and he'll pick the, the one, the healthy one, because it's more beautiful in colors. And so what ends up happening is if you're putting that ascorbic acid into your body, it's kind of like going to a symphony orchestra and you've, instead of the symphony playing, there's, there's a kid there who's never picked up a guitar before and he's got a big loud amp and he's got it cranked up and he's playing music. He just, he's grinding on this guitar, but he's never played notes before. And he's making a ton of noise. That's a synthetic going into your body. Your body actually has to attack it, and it actually lowers your immune system. Now, with that said, I know some people are saying, well, in ascorbic acid, yes, it can help in certain circumstances, like if you had scurvy or vitamin C deficiencies, or if you had, um, uh, like, um, uh, like, you know, you maybe you had a virus load and that's all you could get on. Yeah, it'll still kind of work. But what's much better is the naturally occurring one that comes with the, all the bioflavonoids and cofactors with it. So now it's like a symphony orchestra. You've got the woodwinds, the, the, you know, the, 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 the drums and the brass, and they're all playing in tandem. So the body knows what it is because it comes in and it's carbon-based and your body's carbon-based. The synthetic form is acid-based and acid and carbon just don't work well. So to read that correctly, if it says vitamin C, parentheses, it should stay from the omla berry or from the arcilla cherry or from the camu camu berry. Now you know you have a full um, you know, a naturally occurring source of vitamin, but it's very difficult today because now what's happening is companies know kind of the buzzwords people are looking for. So maybe they'll put reishi in there, which is a mushroom or shiitake. Maybe they put amylase, which is an enzyme in there. And you're like, oh, that's good. It's got enzymes. Oh, it's got probiotics, lactobacillus, acidophilus. But then you might see vitamin C, ascorbic acid, right? So now you got this blend of naturally occurring and synthetic. So for me, I don't do that. The other thing is, is sometimes they have a really good formula, but then there's these things called other ingredients. Yeah. Other ingredients are still ingredients. Now, typically, and I've already helped over a dozen other companies get their supplements right because these people I've met, I like them. I said, hey, look, you have pretty good products, but you, you have, you know, it's like having a really good brownie recipe, but you have cat poop in it a little bit. Not much, but there's a little cat poop in the brownie recipe. Do you want to eat those brownies? I don't. Right. I'm going to put that stuff in my mouth. I want, I want the real thing. I want real brownie. So I don't want cat poop in my brownie. So other ingredients, most of them like magnesium stearate, 
Magnesium stearate actually blocks absorption of nutrients in the body. So why would you put something in there like that and put it into a, a pill that you're trying to absorb into the body, right? Well, they do it because these are called, uh, well, they're called excipients is the big umbrella term, binders, fillers, and flow agents. And typically it's the, th the latter of the three. It's the flow agent. So it goes to an encapsulation company and their speed of production, because that's how they make their money. Naturally occurring raw materials will get stuck in their encapsulation machines and gum them up. So they have to put uh, flow agents to get it to flow through. One of those is magnesium stearate, right? So there are some good magnesium stearates, but have to be from a vegetable source that's not GMO corn, that's not GMO soy. Otherwise, you're putting GMOs in your body, right? But a lot of them are come from diseased cowhides. Think about that. I mean, then it's going in your body. Another thing is silicon dioxide, silicon dioxide. Check your labels. If you see silicon dioxide, that is a level three toxin on the EPA's toxin list, yet it's in most supplements. So you got magnesium stearate, silicon dioxide, dicalcium phosphate. Those are the top three things to look out for. So it's not just the ingredients, but it's the other ingredients. So, but here's the problem. Even if you read all the ingredients, it's all naturally occurring. And you look in the, in the other ingredients, it's good. If you're buying it from a big box store place, like a great big grocery store, most likely it's a big company. All you have to do is type in on your line, who purchased, and then put in the name brand. And you'll see if some big ass corporation bought them out for hundreds of millions of dollars, there's, they're doing things now. They don't even have to change the labels on some of these things. I have to tell you what's in there. So what they do is because yeast is a naturally occurring substance, they're force feeding the yeast synthetics. And then somehow it's not a synthetic anymore. So they don't have to even put it on the label. Right. So that to me is pretty diabolical. It's not cool. Um, so that's why I, you know, I created my own supplement line. Um, and then I know there's other ones out there for certain specific things, but we're always adding new products. We're a little, you know, mom and pop company basically, or just, I'm just a paw over here, I guess, but we have, you know, it's a family owned company and, and we'll continue to grow because we're doing things right. But, you know, that's where I try to teach people is like, you have to put your, your, that's where you, your vote really counts. You're voting with your dollars every day where you put your money, whether you just blow it on lottery tickets or you take a piece of it and you invest it in your future because your future is going to come hopefully. And hopefully you have a nice quality of life to it, but you also get to invest in your health. And when you, if you buy soap, that's toxic, that's manufactured, that hurts the planet, or you buy soap from company B that's good for you. That's edible. Actually, it's so healthy that you can eat it. That's my rule of thumb for anything I put on my skin. If I can't eat it, I won't put it on my skin. Um, guess what? I'm supporting a company that's supporting me and my planet that I live on, that you live on and that Carter lives on. So I'm voting with my dollars. And by having the awareness that chemicals and toxins aren't good and nature is really good because we are nature, we're not like living in nature. We are an extension of nature because um, our body's made of water and bacteria. And where do you find that stuff? In nature. So to, to think that you're not from nature is crazy, but we've been so detached from it because we live in these, you know, box houses and concrete jungle and all this stuff. And this is why people are having all these health issues. We got to get the men made chemicals out of us. We got to get nature back in us and we got to learn how to chill out and hang out with our friends and get out in nature. Exactly. Okay, that's so anyway, the three questions I have. <laughs> great questions, great questions. I was glad, I don't know if I've ever had a chance to explain supplements before, so that's really cool. Oh, good, okay. Awesome, well, thank you, Laura. Thank you so much for, for being here and yeah. coming on the show. I'm just glad I was having an opportunity to answer those questions. Hopefully you'll find something there and implement it and you'll get benefits from it and, and you'll improve your health. Yeah. Oh, yeah, always improving.
Well, you know what, what awesome. I, what I loved, what I loved, uh, you know, before we got into this episode, you know, um, pre-show basically, uh, you know, Laura has absolutely made a priority, right. Her health, a priority. Right. And, and that was the thing that, you know, that she gleaned from one of our podcasts previously. And you can't say that enough, right? If, if as soon as you make your health a priority, it's amazing how you are reading the labels, how you are thinking about what you're putting in your body or on your body mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, what, how you're, you know, living your life in, in more in a balanced way. Right. Um, and obviously well, it's any, it's anything, man. It's like, some some people wake up after 10 years of raising kids and all of a sudden they realize they got to make their children a priority, right? Or they got to make their, or they're like, okay, I'm 45. I haven't saved anything. I got to make my financial, I got to start saving my, I have to make finances a priority. I can't just dog it on this anymore and just think it's going to work out because obviously I, I'm spending more than I make. I got credit card debt. I got to get serious about this. So anything that you want in life, you want to play guitar, play violin, you want to be healthy, you want to have healthy finances, just make it a priority. And because you're part of that priority. So I'm really glad that's a really powerful statement. It's worked well for me and it's working well for everybody else listening here, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. So, Hey, and Richards, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the health and wealth podcast. And to be able to see all of our previous phenomenal guests like Laura Holcomb, go to our website and uh, check it out at www.thehealthandwealthpodcastshow.com and make sure to like share and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts apple spotify or google um so laura thank you so much for coming on the show today it was a joy and a pleasure being able to hear your backstory and share about how you're helping all of your clients and you are raising up some of the younger generation out there thank you so much for joining us today oh thank you for giving me the opportunity i really appreciate it so. absolutely our pleasure so uh in richards until next time we will see you on the Health and Wealth Podcast. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate it. Hey, Enrichers. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Health and Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Carter Wilcoxon. And I'm your host, Tim James. And by God, we are committed to helping you guys have fat wallets, flat bellies. So tune in again for another episode and make sure to like, share, and drink a lot of water. Or beer. You have just listened to the Health and Wealth Podcast with Carter and Tim.